On Before the Bestseller, we talk with our favorite authors about the books they wrote and the stories behind how those books made it big. I'm your host, Alex Straffy, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. I wanted to ask Perry what the 80-20 was for marketing of his book. What were the 20% of activities that sold 80% of his books? And that's why I have the privilege of welcoming Perry Marshall back to the show. Perry Marshall, welcome back. Good to be here. Glad to be talking about marketing books now. Yeah, before we just talk about marketing. Uh, in the writing of your book, A20, and I know it sounds like you just had a, a another one coming out in the next couple of days. Uh, sounds like you you did maybe 10% of that one. What is your process for writing books? How do you approach a book? So one of the most important things that I do when uh, there's two two things is, first of all, I have an audience and I test what I'm going to do in a book with an audience first. Now, so, so before... I wrote 80-20 sales and marketing. I was already, I had clients and coaching groups and in workshops where like the rock, the shotgun story, which I tell on, on our other interview, I already knew from t- having people in my office and talking to other human beings that that was a great story. Like, so everything was tested out on real people. And I realized that yes, I'm an author with an established platform and I and it's easy for people to go, oh, well that's easy for you to say. Well, anything you want to go write a book about, you ought to be able to somehow or another by hook or by crook. I mean, I don't care if it's speaking to the local business group or doing something Toastmasters or Toastmasters or like or or appearing on somebody else's Zoom meeting or somebody else's webinar. Like if you have any business writing a book, you ought to <laughs> you ought to have already practiced this on somebody somewhere. Or maybe it's your blog. I don't care. Okay. But you, so that's the first thing. The second thing is um, whenever I write a book, and this has now been true for almost 10 years. I hire people to write, to read the book about three at a time. I go on Fiverr. I go on Upwork. I find people who at least vaguely resemble my target customers. So if I'm writing any kind of marketing book, it could just be people who also do marketing, which are easy to find, right? They're all doing gigs and they all have services Go pay him whatever you got to pay him. Might be 50 bucks. I'm going to pay you 50 bucks. Read this book. And I want you to tell me two best chapters, two worst chapters. Did you get stuck? Was it boring? Was there anything confusing? Would you recommend it to a friend? Would you pay 13 bucks for this? And get their feedback. Now, what most people don't know is that most books the first day they hit the streets have been read by maybe at most 10 people, editor, mom, wife, colleague, and almost all books have invisible speed bumps that the average reader gets stuck on and they toss the book aside. 
you it's invisible to you because you're so close to the material but they just they, they get to chapter two and a half and they're bored and and they wander off and they never finish your book and they never write you an amazon review and they never recommend it to anybody and it's kind of a waste so if you hire people to to read your book you're going to get honest feedback because you're paying them to criticize it so literally every single person who reviews your book probably should change the content well i didn't really I had no idea what you meant in at the end of chapter one when you talked about xyz or you, it, you hire three and then you hire three more and then you hire three more and then you hire three more and you don't stop until people are saying i normally wouldn't even read a book like this but this was great and yes i do have some friends i would recommend this to and yes if i were ever trying to do i don't know video blogging i would read your video blogging book that's when you are actually there and in my experience that's usually 15 20 25 readers before you actually get there and that that will make your book so much better and I, and i have to say just take taking a step back there's a lot of people especially in marketing that have a very cavalier attitude about books they're like well a book is a great business card and a, a book is a great credibility builder yeah well not if nobody reads it <laughs> there are yeah. So yeah. many books that are not worth reading. Yeah. 95% of books don't even deserve to be published. And self-publishing has only made it worse. If you're going to write a book at all, you doggone well make, better make it the best book you could possibly write. 8020 Sales and Marketing, I had been teaching that stuff for 10 years, and I thought, oh, this should take a couple of months. It took six. I mean, and I was, I, I already thought I had this material pretty well figured out, but yeah. it needed a lot of sifting and sorting. It's a very pleasurable book to read. It's easy to read. It's easy to understand. And it's because the, we did not slack on the editorial process. And, and so really these two things that I just told you, I think they're incredibly important. And I am leery of people that say, oh, you know, we're just going to make this really easy. We're going to sit you down. We're going to lock you in a room. We're going to interview you. We're going to write your book for you. It's going to be ready in three months. There's a lot of really mediocre books that get written that way. And I just, I, it, it should be a labor of love and you should put your heart into the whole thing. And it should be your manifesto about how something should be done. So to look for quality, go on places like Fiverr, Upwork, and find anywhere from 20 to 30 readers and don't stop finding beta readers until they start saying things like, I don't usually read a book like this, but this right. one I had to finish. That's a wonderful how, that's process. How you know. That's, that's a wonderful how you know. process. You have so many links and so many resources in the book and tying in the 80-20 here, I'm curious, which 20% of reader magnets, uh, which links did brought in 80% of sub subscribers from your book and people who reach out from the book? That's, that's a really great question. Um, one answer for sure is the marketing DNA test. 
um, which it actually took a year to get right. That was a whole project in and of itself. But mm. so, let, uh, so let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody's seen online tools that, you know, uh, maybe you're familiar with the Colby test or the Myers-Briggs test or other things like that. And, you know, a lot of people put these kinds of things together and maybe very often they're just toys. But when you take them seriously, like the, the marketing DNA test is a very serious tool and its purpose is to 80-20 what marketers do. Because I can't tell you how many great in-person salespeople who are great negotiators are going home every night trying to be a copywriter. And they and they think they're supposed to like do that. And and they're not good at it. Not only that, they're their um hostage negotiator personality is the opposite of copywriter, right? <laughs> or or you could flip it around and like how many people who are really great at sitting in a cave and writing a book or a piece of copy for three months are trying to be like a social media star and it's never going to work. And so we built this test to, to get people to own, this is my strength. This is what I should be doing. I shouldn't be doing all these other things. Let's get good at what I'm really good at. Um, and so the world needed a tool like this. And I, I put a whole chapter in the book and it said, Hey, look, you know, the number one uh, secret to being a great marketer is doing the things that you're naturally you know, God gifted DNA talents uh, says you should actually be doing. And so we, we broke down that problem. And when you have a tool that really helps somebody sort out a problem and like, there's lots of consultants and coaches and, uh, you know, advisors who have these things. And sometimes they're just written down, like they're, they're written down on three by five cards and all they got to do is go take it and turn it into an online tool that reliably gives people like, well, you are this kind of person or you're this kind of business and this is what you should be doing. Um, th that's a really potent combination. And so you have a book that works with a tool and the tool works with a book and they just work hand in hand and, and you're really bringing people into a whole ecosystem. And that's a very exciting thing to do. A meaningful tool and where can for those of you who are listening even for myself i want to go take this quiz now what is the website people can go to to so take the marketing dna test it's 37 dollars to normal people but in 80 20 sales and marketing there's a back door into the test where you can take it for free so if you have 80 20 sales and marketing just log into the book bonuses and you'll get uh you'll you'll get the marketing dna test like i had a guy who was a software programmer and the marketing DNA test said, you would be a great copywriter. Like all of your skill sets are perfect for that. And 18 months later, he hit his first six figure run rate as a freelance copywriter. And he hasn't been a programmer now for about five years. His name is Joshua Earl. I've had a lot of people like that where once they Duh, I already knew this, but I didn't. <laughs> it's like you need permission. Yeah. Right. It gives you permission to just be who you are. And that's, boy, that's a liberating step in your life when that happens, isn't it? 
Amen. Uh, between last episode and this episode, a lot of uh, liberation happening. What yeah. 20% of book marketing efforts are bringing in 80% of the results? Uh, that's a great question. Well, we always, uh, this is really based on the, the advice that my team has given me. Uh, the, the process that we use is we now usually publish through KDP and we send uh, beta copies of the book to our best clients because we want them to look at it, get feedback and like it. We release it on Kindle initially and um, they can pre-purchase it on Kindle at a low price. And then as soon as the book is released, our number one goal is to get to 100 Amazon reviews. Um, and we legitimately do that. Like we've never hired people to write reviews for us or any of that silly stuff. It's all 100% legit. Um, and then um, generally after that, we start raising the price on the book and feeding all of the margins back into advertising the book. Um, and uh, Amazon advertising is a very effective, it's not usually your number one advertising medium. Usually you get a lot more traffic on Facebook or Google, but within the confines of what it can achieve, it's a very good thing. Um, and like, you should be a student of that. It's like, you should learn to do that right. And um, you, you shouldn't be afraid. Like, I think, I think any, anybody with a back end attached to their book, which you should have, like, you should have a business attached to your book. Then you spend money, you're, you're taping dollar bills to every book that goes out. Because you want lots of people to read it and come to you and hire you or use your software or whatever it is that you do. And that does not in any way, shape, or form keep you from writing a great book that stands completely on its own. They would never have to give you a dime. They would never have to come to your website. It'd be a great book all by itself. But everything that follows should just continue that excellent customer experience. Yeah. We recently had Brendan Kane on here who wrote 1 million followers and yeah. he acquires readers. I believe the number he gave me at, gave me was he acquires readers for $47 uh, per reader, which is just insane, but he closes hundred that hundreds of thousands of dollars of deals uh, because of that. Inc. reviewed eighty twenty sales and marketing as a top five business book in twenty thirteen. How did that come about? Somebody, I, I didn't engineer that. Um, somebody who wrote for Inc. magazine just liked the book, <laughs> and so I I would attribute that to the process that we went through to make sure. It was a great book, which really goes to the two steps I told you at the beginning. Really, if you assiduously do the two steps at the beginning, I think the chances of writing a book that doesn't get traction are very small, um, at least as small as you could reasonably get. I mean, we all know that there's no 100% formulas in, in book publishing, but boy, that's going to most of the things that can go wrong are not going to go wrong at that point. 
what can you tell authors to not waste their time on? Um, you know, maybe there's some activities that you took uh, with your book that you just saw were a flat out failure and you can tell other authors not to waste their time on those activities. Well, I can tell you that um, most book publicists and most publicists in general are a waste of money for small entrepreneurs. Now, I, I think there is a point for bigger companies um, that have a long runway and are willing to put money into it for a long time that can work. But um, you will very rarely find you a publicist that'll say, okay, I'll take half of my fees on performance. Most publicists, as soon as you start talking that way, will start rowing backwards away from you and you can see <laughs> them doing it. Like you, you say, uh, and, and they'll, they'll say things like, oh, well, I'm, I'm really sorry, but nobody in my profession does that. Well, that's because none of them can guarantee results. So that's the power guarantee. Something you, you talk about, yeah. Right, right. Like, well, put some skin in the game. Like, are you, or you could even say, well, well, um, I'll pay you one hundred and fifty percent of your fee, but half of it's going to be on performance. Um, th that's kind of how you know. And I, I've learned this the hard way, and I, I, I know about this. Um, so, yeah, I, I just be very, very careful about that. Um, uh, there are some uh, authoring platforms where you get a certain amount of publicity as part of it, and those can work. Um, but almost all of those, you're going to be doing a significant amount of it yourself or with the help of other people. And there's no getting around learning how to do it. So don't think that you can just throw some money at somebody and, and that that's gonna happen because it's almost never works that way. Real quick on the admin side of things, Lorena, who I've been communicating with to set up this interview and who you mentioned in your book as well. So clearly she's been with you for a long time. Yeah. How do you find a good admin to help you with this stuff? And uh, how do you keep them around when they're good? Um, well, you know, Tim Francis has a company called Great Assistant and mm -hmm. they match people up with virtual assistants uh, based on their Colby scores and their work habits and everything. And they guarantee the assistant for a year. If I had to give you one surefire way to get a good one, I would recommend that Great you assistant. do okay. I would, Yeah, uh, it's, it's quite a good company. I've got a lot of clients that use them. It's worked out well for you. Um, now I see you're writing about evolution. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, within the past five years, I believe you released a book about it was Evolution 2.0. Uh, what are you, what are you going on to now? What are you focusing your time reading about? What's really piquing your interest these days? Well, uh, you know, the funny thing about evolution is I've now been doing that for 18 years. Um, okay. believe it. Um, but I, I published the book evolution 2.0 mm -hmm. in 2015. And, um, after being in that field for 10 years, I was, 
more than convinced that the topic had been largely butchered by most of the popular books and that um, the intelligence of cells had been greatly un uh, underestimated. And uh, if you want a like a really good summary of that book to find out if you think you, you know, is that something you want to dive into? I gave a talk at Penn State University, which you can find on YouTube. You can go watch that. But what that has produced, uh, it eventually resulted in me co-founding a group called the Cancer and Evolution Working Group, which has now been going for a couple of years. And uh, we have some incredibly talented people that are making serious headway in cancer, which has been one of the most difficult diseases ever. I mean, really, for the most part, the last 50 years have not brought a lot of improvements in cancer treatment overall, especially for late stage. Um, and uh, that's, that's just gotten to be a really interesting thing. And if people want to hear more, I have a podcast called Evolution 2.0 with a lot of discussion about that. Um, and uh, it's a really fascinating rabbit hole. So if you like the Penn State video, or if you like any of our podcasts, I, I think you'll really like Evolution 2.0. I spend about 40% of my time wearing a scientist hat. Um, Which I thought was so cool. That's why I had to ask you about it, because it's not the typical marketer that's just, yeah, I just do marketing all the time. It's like, no, you do marketing, but you're also doing some other incredible work, which I, I just really wanted to ask you about. Well, I think one of the reasons that I became an entrepreneur, which a lot of people have in common, is I wanted to go do what I want to do, <laughs> right? I don't yeah. want to just be punching some clock. And most serial entrepreneurs that I know are interested in lots of things, and my career as an entrepreneur gives me a lot of flexibility. And I would say more than anything, it gives me the ability to mix a lot of other things in, right? So yes, I'm very deep into a lot of science, but I also bring a lot of other entrepreneurs, entrepreneur friends and colleagues and entrepreneurial thinking into science. And that's one of the things that makes me useful. You know, in the Cancer and Evolution Working Group, I'm not, I'm not just a science guy. I'm an entrepreneur and a marketer and a strategist and a lot of other things. And a lot of the other people in those organizations recognize this guy, not only does he understand our profession and understands the science, he knows stuff we don't know. So let's, let's get some help. And it's been a wonderful co collaboration. I meet so many interesting people. And I, I guess I want to speak to the person who chronically gets bored with things. You can make a life that's never, ever, ever, ever boring. That's the dream. That's what we're all working for. What's yeah. one book? Final question I always like to ask the wrap up of this one is a book that you are really enjoying right now. You're digging your teeth into. Right. Now, um, well, I'll just, I'll give you a top of the stack and this is a whole yeah. other <laughs> topic, but I just finished reading a book, uh, called thin places by Carrie Donacardi. I might be butchering her name, K E R R I. 
Um, it's it's easy to find. Sorry, my alarm's going off. No worries. Um, and this is a book about healing emotional wounds by cultivating your relationship with nature. And that does dovetail in an interesting way with Evolution 2.0. I, I will tell you that in the last 10 years, my, so this woman's from Northern Ireland and she grew up in the, the troubles of Northern Ireland. And she talks about um, spending time in nature in Ireland. And Ireland is my favorite country. It is absolutely beautiful. And you don't have to go to Ireland to experience what she talks about in that book. Um, but, but some people do know what I'm talking about. Like if you, if you cultivate um, a, I want to stand on a cliff and feel insignificant. And I can like, I can get a whole perspective by going on a bike ride or going on a hike or, or getting on a plane and visiting a beautiful place. Um, so there you go. That's the, the most recent book that I finished. I'm an Aussie, so talk no more. Nature is, is part of who I am. Perry Marshall, this has been such a fun conversation. I really appreciate your time. And I know our listeners are going to love it. And two books, I'm going to go pre-order the TikTok book, and then I'm going to go buy Thin Places because that sounds like a great read. Thank you for your time. And, and really just, it's been wonderful getting to talk to one of my favorite marketing uh, mentor people out there. So great to meet you, Alex. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right. That's it. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. I know there's many other things you could have been doing during this time. And I hope you found this episode incredibly useful for you and your journey. And if you did, or if you have any feedback, I would love to hear that in a review on Apple. That would be fantastic or anywhere else that you are listening to this show. So thank you. And if you're the type of listener that is also an author or looking to be an author soon, feel free to email me at alex at advancedamazonads.com. That's alex at advancedamazonads.com. And I'll add you to our weekly newsletter where I send out all of the best marketing tips I've ever heard from authors that I've had on this show and many of the authors that we work with. So I look forward to hearing from you if that's something you'd find useful. And either way, I look forward to having you back for our next episode.